Hey, welcome to another weekly episode of Talks with Sarah No Socks, where we talk everything design, business, and humor related. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's show. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Talks with Sarah No Socks. I am here with Diego. I'm so excited to have him on the show. As with many of my other guests, we met on Twitter. We're in a lot of the same groups now and definitely in the no-code community together. So Diego comes to us at the beginning of his journey, and I'm really excited to talk to him about how he's gotten to where he is today. His day job is head of community and social for Y-Code, which is a up-and-coming no-code web app builder. He's a no-coder. He likes to talk about marketing and community. He's in some pretty amazing groups coming up here. Launch MBA with me. Yay. Shout out to them. <laughs> um, and he's in the On Deck No Code Fellowship, which early next year beginning. So without further ado, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Like everyone says in a, a starting the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited. So why don't you tell everybody who Diego is in your own words? Sure. Um, well, I'm about to turn 22 in a few weeks um, from Los Angeles. Uh, I've always been interested in like tech and marketing and, uh, you know, creating my own companies or startups or whatever. Um, I failed a lot throughout uh, my years. Um, but finally this year I started, you know, kind of, doing things a little things are starting to come together um and so yeah i like movies a lot I'm really into music um like hip-hop um yeah i used to work like really dead-end jobs um like security guard or fast food um bus boy stuff like that and uh i was able to you know some get job out of stuff so it's pretty cool Awesome. Well, I love it. And I guess I would say you are so, so early in your journey. I'm not going to say young because I think age is irrelevant, <laughs> um, you know, but you're, you're early in your journey. We may not be the Definitely. same age, but I'm early in my journey as well. Uh, I think some of the jobs that you touched upon are going to be really beneficial for you because, you know, it, there was an interesting thread on Twitter the other day, and I'm not sure if you saw it, but they were talking about like, what have your jobs been and, and, you know, what has your journey looked like? I just thought yeah. it was really fascinating because a lot of people started in customer service roles, fast food industry, um, you know, security, uh, customer support, uh, telephone, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, definitely. You can definitely use that experience to build um, what you do in the future. So don't sell yourself short. All that experience will come in handy for <laughs> sure. It's hard to see you while you're in it, but it definitely does help. Um, awesome. Great. So you have a lot on your plate. So you've got the day job. Talk yeah. to us about that. What's what's it like running community and social for a new up-and-coming no-code tool? Sure. Um, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I've obviously never done it before. So everything I'm just really learning and trying to just figure it out, trying to see what works, what doesn't work. Um, there's some um content i post where you know things get pretty good engagement and likes and then there's others where you know it doesn't at all um and it's really just trying to figure out what works and what doesn't in the, the community or target audience that you're after 
Um, I try to have the approach of, you know, looking like a human behind the Twitter instead of just like, uh, you know, really serious and um, not really able to relate to your audience. Um, so that's kind of my been my approach. Uh, it's been really cool working with um, the White Coat team. You know, they're also um, the team behind, well, not everyone, but um, like the CEO is the team, uh, the CEO of uh, Mailer Light, which is an email marketing platform. Yeah. Um, one of the top ones. Um, so it's been really, uh, you know, pretty great to be able to learn from someone like him. Um, obviously very successful. Um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty cool that, you know, I get a lot of freedom. Um, it's not really micromanaged at all, especially one, because, you know, by the time I wake up, they're getting ready to, <laughs> yeah. since they're, they're based in Lithuania. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool. Just trying to figure out how to get more followers, how to provide, um, entertainment content and then value to the audience and, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. Awesome. So that's exciting. I think um, <laughs> Twitter is so interesting to me, right? I didn't really take advantage and understand the power that Twitter has if you cultivate your community correctly until this past Definitely. year. And I found so many amazing folks, yourself included, and, you know, just watching people grow and kind of share their journey. And I know you are comfortable with building public. So talk to us about what that's like since you're early in your journey. Do you feel like that has kind of helped you and, and brought opportunities to you already, even though you're still pretty early on? Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, definitely growing your audience can bring in a lot of opportunities. Um, I'm not going to say that my, you know, growing my audience got me my job, but it's get, definitely helped with getting um, more eyes looking at me for, you know, growing my, growing, growing my audience and then being able to network with certain people. Um, you know, I'm talking to like a lot of like other founders and stuff who are either having VC backed startups, I'm talking to other VCs, um, just other people in the community, which is really cool. Um, you know, your life can change through social media. And mm -hmm. if you're willing to take that leap, and, um, you know, start putting yourself out there a little bit more, um, you know, a lot of things can happen for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially, uh, I got really inspired with, uh, KP, how we, I mm -hmm. actually knew him since like February. We haven't really talked too much throughout the year, but I was in a no code camp, um, hosted by Joe Brown and him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you, I don't think, I don't know if he was doing the building public thing yet. Um, but he was definitely someone in the no code community that everyone, you know, was talking to or liked right. and respected and stuff. Um, but I saw how he, you know, was able to grow his following and then he got the on deck job and like, yeah. you know, all these different opportunities and stuff. So it's been, uh, pretty inspiring and that made me want to start kind of taking Twitter a little bit more serious. Um, and, uh, you know, seeing, what I can do with it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? People people who are outside of my Twitter bubble just don't believe in the power that taking it serious or seriously uh, has. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, you know, KP's journey is just so amazing. And I love the fact that he's so transparent. You know, yeah. building public means different things to different people. And some people's transparency level is different than others. <laughs> but 
Only you know, post KP's... their uh, their wins in public. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 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 But KP is great about sharing, um, you know, the whole journey. And yeah, it was definitely a very inspiring story. So I was really yeah, grateful. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For sure. So what brought you to no code since your background sure. is yeah. not in no code? Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I've I've been wanting to code for like years. Um, like I've been trying to learn it and then, you know, stop or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and, you know, it just got to a point where I just like I was like, damn, I'm, I'm just not a coder, you know. Um, developer um and i was funny one time i used when i was a security guard back in like february um i was working overnight shifts like graveyard and um since no one was in the building i was able to i was i brought my computer and stuff so i wasn't so bored and um i forgot exactly how but i came across no code and stuff and i was like you can you know you can build websites and you can build uh, web apps or mobile apps without having to code you know like and like real functional ones too, not just, you know, like things you can make on Figma or something, right? With prototypes. Um, so that kind of, you know, really, um, like it just kind of blew me away. And I just started diving into it, uh, trying to reach out to people, trying to network with people, follow people that are, uh, you know, mentioned in the space. Um, and it just, you know, going through the hashtag, no code, just kind of yep. seeing what everything is, everything's happening with. Um, Start discovering tools like Webflow, um, Bubble, Y Code, um, and uh, yeah. So really, just started when I was a security guard working graveyard shifts, um, and I just came across it. Interesting. So you said that was February timeframe. So around when the pandemic started to really hit and take yeah. hold too. So because you've been working this whole time, were you working as a security guard the whole time? Did you have a pause in there before you moved over to Y Code? How did that transition happen during the pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So so during that, I was so February. Like, I would say like January through March, March, April, yeah, Mar- around that time, uh, I was working at um, some this as a security guard and in this certain building. Um, uh, and then the pandemic started hitting and I went to, I actually got transferred to a uh, hospital mm-hmm. in Long Beach, um, California. And uh, so I was working there for a couple months and um yeah and then you know the pandemic started getting a little worse and stuff so i kind of wanted to um kind of distance myself from being in the hospital because i was working right in front of the er um where everyone would come there's there's yeah. i saw people straight up like in front of me who had covid um and just i was like oh you know like I, i'm not trying to do all that um and so during the summer i actually didn't have a job i was just doing whatever I could to get by. I was, you know, buying and selling things. Um, mm-hmm. I was uh, mainly that, honestly. I was just, like, selling toys and stuff. I'd just flip yeah. them or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, that. And then um, and then it started to die down a little bit for me around August. Um, just things were just weren't selling or whatever. I don't know why. And then um, my barber, he also works or he works at uh, this place, Amazon, like the logistics mm-hmm. and stuff. Yep. Um, so I was like, hey, bro, like, are they hiring? You know, because, you know, I can't pay my bills. And like, I had a car payment, yeah. rent, 
all this type of stuff, right? Um, and yeah, and then he hooked me up with a job. So I was um, a delivery driver helper. Mm -hmm. um, so I deliver um, the extra large packages, you know, not mm -hmm. like the little small ones. Um, so I've been doing that. And then I decided to, yeah, cold email um, uh, my now boss, his name is Ignis. Um, nice. And yeah. <laughs> I love it. So talk to us about the cold email because I mean, kudos to you. That's a hustle culture right there. I mean, <laughs> it, it's the pandemic has hit so many people so hard. And yeah. I think, um, you know, we've all talked about it and the different ways that we've been affected. And it sounds like you were affected in multiple ways, <laughs> you know, seeing it firsthand mm. is definitely tough. Um, and then also, yeah, having to, to get by. So good for you for keep hustling and, and, uh, getting out there and, a cold email. So yeah. we hear about them. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. How'd this one, yeah. this one worked out well for you? It did. Um, you know, for this one email that worked, there was like, you know, hundreds that didn't work before, you know, trying to like, oh, you know, I don't have any college background. I don't have any experience, but I'm like, I'm just hungry for a shot, you know, trying to reach out to different people. I understand, you know, they they either didn't reach back to me. They're like, oh, you know, we're looking for people with more experience. Um, it makes sense. But, uh, yeah, so I actually wrote a blog post about it. I'm not sure if you uh, you saw it, um, kind of detailing the whole journey of it. Um, basically, uh, someone reached out to uh, Ignis Bycode on Twitter and asking about the feature or uh, when the ETA was going to be for launch. Uh, describing, um, you know, that they have the front end stuff working well, but they're still working on, you know, the databases or backends or logic um, automation stuff. Yeah, so there was a um, someone who I guess was on the wait list um, for white code, and he reached out to uh, Ignis and reached uh, to see, you know, what was the ETA of uh, the launch. And um, Ignis was describing how that, um, you know, that the front end was working, uh, like all the UI components and everything was working well. Uh, I think the database and authorization was working, but they were still working on the, um, you know, the workflows and logic and uh, automation stuff. Um, so it wouldn't be ready for a while. And then I just... Uh, I just a quick thought that came to my head and I was like, oh, why not release it for websites then if everything in the front end is working? Um, and yeah, and then I don't know, just like a simple thought, but I guess when you're like, you know, working in the actual group, you kind of certain times, you you know, you just don't really think of stuff like that. Um, and so I guess he really liked it. And they he ended up telling me that um, they changed the roadmap a lot because of that, you know, that one suggestion. Um, so that was pretty cool. And so I was like, okay, cool. Um, you know, I have a lot of little ideas like that, you know, that I can yeah. add up. Um, so I, I think I emailed him. I was like, oh, um, cause they were looking for a project manager at the time and I was mm -hmm. no way, you know, qualified to be a project manager, <laughs> but I, I reached out and I was like, oh, uh, like, can I be a no-code project manager or a assistant or something stupid, right? Um, and and then he replied to me a few days later, I think. And he was like, oh, uh, you know, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Um, 
and then like what you've done and or where you worked at and stuff and i was like oh crap like what like fast food places (laughs) securitas uh the security place and stuff like i don't think that's gonna be really helpful like um and so i kind of you know was thinking about it a little bit more i was uh you know i was like oh you know i I don't really have any startup experience at all. I was trying to be authentic and stuff. Yeah. But I uh, had the strategy of going in with that email to, uh, you know, kind of show my knowledge of mm-hmm. the of the audience, right, of the no-code people. And that's from, you know, hours and hours. And I was just searching through that hashtag, no-code, no-code, no. See what people tweet, reading their comments, um, the replies, and, like, and then talking with other people, like, in DMs and stuff. And then my personal experience as a no coder, um, so I I began to get a quite a good understanding of you know how they think, what they want. Um, so I kind of was telling him about that, um, and uh, I don't know. I guess just mixed with good timing, they're getting ready to launch within the few next few months. So he he was like, oh, I would like to meet you on Zoom, and I was just like, oh wow, like you know, I, I didn't expect that at all, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, you try to be confident, but then you, some certain things you got to be realistic, right? Like a guy with no experience at all, uh, no education, like university wise, um, you know, they're not going <laughs> to, they're like legit company and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's not like your, your friends, little side project thing. Um, <laughs> you know, that's funny. Every time I bring up something like that, like, oh yeah, I got hired. My mom's like, has this mentality that like, it's my friend's project and stuff. So she's like, yeah, oh, put your job. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's a legit company, right? Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So then we had our Zoom. Um, I think like the next day or two. Yeah, I think it was the next day. It was on a Friday, and we were just chatting. Um, it wasn't really like a formal uh, mm-hmm. thing at all. We were just talking about, you know, no code and random stuff. He asked me a little bit about myself. Um, and then like I, I had the same thing as the email, right? I was, I'm trying to tell them my thoughts and my understanding about uh, the target audience. Um, and I wrote a, a tweet about it too. It was like, you know, like if you don't have experience, you got to leverage other things that you do have, right? So either you build projects on Twitter, you either have a good following um, or you have like a, a good understanding of an industry, right? Um, and so I wanted to leverage that part of it and, you know, just uh, try try it out to see if somehow you know uh, it works out um and then during the interview he actually told me that, that he was gonna you know that he was gonna have me on um on the team um so i was just like oh my god like you awesome. like, yeah, know like wow <laughs> um and then um yeah but it wasn't official quite yet um i had to do like a test assignment um mm-hmm. just write a blog or whatever uh, nothing too difficult and then he sent that to the team like, to ask around to get their opinions, right? Because um, it's kind of a small team for the white code. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wanted everyone's input, I guess. Um, and I guess they all liked it. They liked my enthusiasm um, and my energy and stuff. And mm-hmm. they knew, they could sense that I was just hungry. You know, I just wanted an opportunity to, yeah. to make it happen. And the rest is history. <laughs> it's awesome. I think it's such a great story. And there's so many, like, really amazing life lessons in there right so you you noted you don't have college education there isn't anybody that has college education and no code (laughs) 
<laughs> so it doesn't exist yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of has leveled the playing field, which I personally love because I think it's so important to evaluate people for the person they are, not the degree they do or don't have, the experience yeah. they do or don't have. You know, just look at them as a person and what are they capable of? And yeah. that's exactly what Wyco did with you. They're like, look at this yeah. guy. Look at what he's doing. He's learning in his off hours. He's hustling. He's doing what he needs to do. You know, he really is hungry to dive in and get his feet wet. And, Definitely. you know, they gave you some basic things that, you know, to yeah. see if you would fit well with the team. And to me, that just is amazing and really important. And I think more companies are going to turn to that because you have so many of these tools coming out. And the world is now our oyster, right? It yeah. was before, but so many companies weren't remote focused mm. and COVID really kind of leveled the playing field. It's unfortunately had a very negative impact on a lot of industries, but I think you'll see over the next few years, a lot more stories like yours. And I think it's super inspiring. And I'm really glad that you shared it, not only in the blog post, but here, because if you're listening to this and you think, I, I can't get into this yeah. space. You yep. absolutely can. It's the easiest space to enter, and there's just endless opportunity. 100%. Um, I I completely agree. Like, you know, maybe not for every single role right away. Like, you know, for certain engineering things. You know, if you're trying to, um, you know, say like fast, for example, like mm -hmm. they they're doing a pretty ambitious, uh, like, or solving an ambitious uh, problem, right? So. There's certain things like for the engineering, I meant um, like it's really complex. So there's certain things where like, you know, maybe you wouldn't want someone who has no experience. Um, but I feel like every company should, you know, start taking chances on, you know, those mm -hmm. young people or not even young, but just those hungry people who maybe don't have the uh, needed backgrounds and experience, but we're just hungry to learn, hungry to, yeah. you know, work. Um, and they might surprise you, you know, yeah. I um i've been i think i've been doing pretty pretty decent on the white code page um analytics i'm up a thousand percent um nice. you know on engagement and all this type of stuff and you know who knew i never did it before and you just you got to give people a chance so uh, you know i'm always going to be forever grateful to ignis um and the team for you know taking that shot when he didn't have to you know at all yeah yeah that's awesome i love it it's such a great story and i can't wait to see kind of the amazing things that come so that's your day job so what do you what do you got going on the side here? Because I know we're in we're in a lot of the same groups. So yeah. uh, you know what's kind of the the future look like here? What are you hoping to do with the the on deck fellowship? Yeah. Um, so the main thing I'm with with the on deck fellowship is uh, kind of networking more. Um, you know, just uh, mm -hmm. I guess something like that kind of puts you in a group of people who have the same goals and you know aspirations mm -hmm. as you um who are headed towards the same goal mm -hmm. um or the same path and stuff uh so it's kind of that on the side honestly um i have ideas and stuff um I'm just waiting for white code to be production ready to start using it because yep. it's like the only code i really really know how to use now um like i i i'm not really that good at webflow well i guess bubble um, but I'm not good at making it responsive. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so really it's that. And then, you know, trying to learn programming concepts. Um, mm -hmm. I, I also said in a tweet too, you know, one of the things for new uh, no-code people is to 
try to learn concepts, not necessarily programming, right? Yep. Because a lot of no code is based on, you know, all that stuff. They're just doing it visually. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to learn like APIs and like backend um, mm -hmm. stuff like that because I got uh, the front end down. Um, but yeah, I have some ideas. I don't know if anything really too serious like uh, that I'm actually going to do. Yeah. Um, I had like things like, you know, helping with make the Twitter DMs better um, with better search and mm -hmm. like, all that type of stuff. Um, but then I realized I don't even know how to do it. <laughs> like, I don't, know, I don't know how to do the back end stuff for all that, right? Like, I can design it and build the front end. But I was like, damn, like, I don't know. So that's why I'm trying to network with people who are, you know, a lot better on the back yeah. end stuff than I am. Uh, yeah. And they're just fun. I like, I can talk about no code all day, you know. So being a part mm -hmm. of uh, the on deck would be uh, it's a great opportunity. Um, helps uh, give you credibility too. Um, that's, there's a reason yeah. people put it in their bios, you know, um, and yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you look at no code tools, do you consider yourself more of like an automation expert? Are you, mm. do you want to become, you know, kind of a, a mobile web app expert? Like which yeah. set of tools do you really want to focus on or haven't you decided yet? Yeah. So it's funny. I actually, uh, back in February when I first started, I was obsessed with mobile, um, I used to try to make mobile designs and that, and I was like, oh, web, like trying to design for the web, it's like too hard for me, you know? But then <laughs> I don't know when it turned, but I kind of started getting more into um, to web apps. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of my focus. Um, I want to be an automation and backend, you know, Airtable expert and stuff, but I'm, I'm just not yet. Um, my strength is the front end. Mm -hmm. um, like, especially with white code, I can rebuild any type of website or design and stuff, um, but um, making it all connect and come together, I'm still trying to learn. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say web apps um, are my my focus, like software and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd stick with that. I mean, I think it's important to learn all of it. And as you touched upon, learning the concepts is so, so, so helpful. And it's gonna be helpful regardless, even outside of the no-code space, if you move into you know a traditional role that has a yeah. bit more traditional development, understanding APIs and database architecture and all of the lingo that goes along with that, uh, it, it just is gonna do nothing but serve you and Definitely. absolutely will help you understand more of the front end if you know how the back end works. I've had limited exposure to that in my, <laughs> but I always, I always tell my devs, I know enough to be dangerous and that I shouldn't be deleting brackets or zeros. Got it. No problem. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm front end as well in automation. And I think one of the things we know coders kind of get trapped up with is wanting to do all the things and learn yeah. all the things. Yeah. And that I think can be a little bit of our downfall because we get, a bit ahead of ourselves and, and yeah. playing with 18 tools and you're like I don't really know how to use any of them well but I know how to use all of them yeah, yeah, yeah that's why I'm like I have access to like every almost every tool that's in beta and stuff yeah. and I just try to use it and then like I see another tool and like <laughs> start trying to use that uh, yeah. kind of definitely a shiny object syndrome uh, mm -hmm. a little bit so I'm trying to just um you know really focus down on a couple tools that are you know going to get the job done yeah yeah I love it so being in startup world and you're new to startup world is there anything that's kind of surprised you anything that shocked you that you weren't really ready for um I I would say 
like speaking with other people traditionally, it's a lot of like more, I guess, faster or uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of quicker on your deadlines and stuff you got to do. Um, but it's a little different for me because all my, uh, you know, managers or bosses and stuff are on the other side of the world. So I kind of have the whole day to yep. be able to handle whatever the task has for the day or for the week um and just kind of make sure that i do it before they wake up <laughs> yeah um like around like what, like 9 10 11 o'clock my time um that's when they're starting their day right. um so i guess just one of the things you learn is uh you know communication is really key even if it's asynchronous um you know uh, I can send something and then they reply like 10 hours later, right when they wake up, right, or something like that. But I would say definitely communication, especially in a remote uh, workspace or a workplace. Um, and then, you know, obviously it's something you kind of know going in, like for any job, really, even if it's not a startup, you have to provide quality work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they have a pretty high expectations and yeah. it's pretty good, right? You know, you don't want to be uh having you know bad looking things or stuff not working well um but yeah it's just oh actually one of the the funniest things is i'm so used to doing everything myself like for little side projects you're working on right i'm sure a lot of people can relate um you know you gotta do the marketing you gotta do the design you gotta do the actual building and stuff and and something like this a startup um well i guess i don't know if it's really a eh, it's a startup right but they have we have the resources of Mailer Light and then the other companies. Right. So, like, instead of me going to design something, I just send it to the designers or, yeah. like, you know, or if I need a blog post written, I send it to our content people. And, like, I was like, I was kind of like, oh, like, I don't got to do it. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, just kind of stuff like that. Um, you know, it's just like, oh, you just kind of help with ideas of it and then mm-hmm. other people can execute on it. Um, so that's been kind of just like a, a shock yeah. coming from having to do everything yourself, you know, as right. an indie hacker or whatever. Yeah. And especially it's probably difficult to flip back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, sometimes I, I, yes, coming from that background as well, I, you know, came from traditional corporate America and exactly you, you weren't allowed to touch those things. Like it had yeah. to go to somebody else. <laughs> it's it was, like, oh, um, okay. Yeah, I'm like, oh, fine, no problem. But yeah, and then when I flipped and I was on the other side, I'm like, oh, no, there's yeah, nobody else to, to push it to. You're like, wait, there's no one else for this. <laughs> Dear self, <laughs> take care of your shit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it can be a little bit tricky. So how has it been? It sounds like you have a lot of flexibility, which is really nice with your schedule. Yeah, but how cool. has it been working for a startup, even though they're on the other side and still doing all of these kind of side project things? Yeah. What's that like? Um, what are your time management issues like? Uh, pretty terrible. Um, I've been the last week or two. I've been trying to have like a more of a set schedule on when I start work. Mm-hmm. You know, the first couple weeks, um, you know, it range. The earliest I've done, I started working. Um, at no fault to you know my bosses, I just started. I just lo- logged on. It was like 3 a.m. my time. Mm-hmm. Um, one day I just woke up. I'm just gonna go back to sleep. I'm like, oh fuck, it might as well just start working. Yeah. Um, and then other times like six in the morning and then, um, you know, so I'm trying to have a schedule of 9am, mm-hmm. uh, to whenever I finish, you know, project or my, my task and stuff. 
Um, but I would say like when it comes to like posting or like replying to people on Twitter, I don't really have a, a set schedule because I'm on my phone all the time anyways. Um, so if I see something or if I come up like with a, a tweet, I'll just do it right there and then and there. Um, or just reply to someone right there. Um, but yeah, I, I de definitely think, you know, as a remote person, you got to try to have a schedule because, mm -hmm. you know, you're home. Um, so it's a lot easier to get distracted or um, kind of be working all day. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, you got to, you don't want to burn out or produce uh, like not high quality work. So, yeah, um, I don't really have a great thing, but I, I start trying to at least, you know, 9 a.m. start and then till whenever I finish. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, definitely. I think a schedule is very helpful. Um, I, I will say just knowing, you know, because we're in Launch MBA together, we've got a lot of stuff going on there. And I'm sure the On Deck Fellowship will have you hop in. Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll learn time management. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. I actually, uh, yeah, trying to be active within communities, uh, different communities, right, like Launch. And then there's also this thing, uh, Gen Z VC, something that's been popping up recently. Um, I made like a no code channel in there too. So I'm kind of like the host or like the main person of that. So I got to keep that up. And then on deck things coming up. And then I have another opportunity that um, has arisen that um, it's not official yet. So I can't really say anything. I'll probably tell you after. Yeah. Um, and then that's going to take up my time too. So I was like, and plus, you know, I have a family, my personal time, girlfriend, right. and all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, pets, six pets, uh, all this stuff. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You, yeah. you need a content. And then plus <laughs> side projects that I'm trying to do, you yeah. know? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. I think it's yeah. uh, important for people to hear that a lot of us tackle a lot of things, but we also all kind of know our limit and yeah. very important to set up boundaries and protect your personal time and make time yeah. for yourself. Yeah. There's yeah. some days where like, you know, I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm just going to watch TV or something like, mm -hmm. you know, you just got to sometimes, you know, like I'm young and like, so I have energy and stuff. I can do all these type of things. Like, it's not going to, you know, I'm not want to complain about it, especially when it's everything I've ever wanted. Right. Right. Um, but at the same time, even if it's your dream role or your dream, um, you know, pathway that you're going down, you still got to take some space, mm -hmm. uh, some time for yourself, your mental health and um, your physical health and stuff. So very important yeah, yeah yeah definitely um it's really important even if, even if it's not like a startup role or whatever you know mm -hmm. if you want you have a regular day job um and you want to start building stuff at night um like on your side projects and stuff because uh, that's a lot of people in the community right they mm -hmm. uh after work is when they're able to start building or working on their certain things um just gotta gotta um listen to yourself and your body and stuff and you know you're not feeling it that day and it's fine just you know, take the day off. Um, and yeah. Yeah. It's a, a good lesson to learn. And it's good that you have learned it very early on in your journey, especially because you sound like you're passionate about a lot of things and, you know, have a, a great future ahead of you with a lot of things you're going to build and do. And yeah, good to have those roots and, and foundation to build upon with learning how to take time for yourself and not burn out because it's easy to yeah. do. <laughs> and yeah. Happens. And then, you know, like it, it, when you start burning out, like, the things that you were once passionate about, you're not going to be passionate about it anymore, right? Because it can start feeling like work. And, you know, something that I've learned too is like, no matter what it is, how much you love it, at the end of the day, like a lot of it is still work, mm -hmm. right? Um, 
so you just don't want to burn out and then start having it as like a chore versus like something you like doing and stuff so yeah exactly and i think a lot of people have given this advice but for folks who haven't heard it before i think the important part is when you are starting these passion projects that you're not focused on making money with them to quit your day yeah. job because that is just not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it does for a very small number of people, but if you listen to, um, you know, a lot of the folks that I've had on in the past and uh, many more makers in the industry, they will tell you that this is a 10, 15, 20 year process and you have tons of failure. So don't yeah. go into it, quitting your job thinking. <laughs> you're gonna oh yeah. I, I used to do that month. all the time. Yeah. I literally like, like after high school and stuff, I would do that. All the time. I'm like, I'm going to start working on this and I'll quit my job or like, um, you know, like I will start to focus on it more than like other priorities and stuff. And it's going to take a lot longer than you expected or, you know, just you're going to get burned out or something's going to happen. Right. Um, you definitely, yeah, just keep things as side projects, keep things as projects. Right. Um, I think sometimes people have this mentality of making things, Oh, I got to start the startup or I got to make this a business. That's cool. You know, like, you know, but just, I would recommend just having things as for fun, right? And then if it's something that people like and they're willing to pay for, you know, that's cool. And then um, start thinking of it as a business then, right? But, you know, just think of stuff as how can I provide value to my audience or my community and stuff and then build stuff for that. And, you know, people start wanting to pay for it or um, it starts getting a lot of traffic and um, engagement and stuff, then, you know, start thinking about it as a business. It's all about your mentality, you know, things, you start making certain different decisions if something's a project versus if something's a business. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you just, you mess up your long-term thinking short-term. Yes, that's very good advice. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've fallen victim to that one too many times myself. So uh, great advice. So what does the future look like for you then? You got all this happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, I'm just going to continue to try to help Y-Code grow, mm -hmm. um, start making some more, or start actually launching some projects, um, just seeing how those go, continue to try to build my audience, um, you know, just build leverage, I guess. Um, still young, you know, everyone wants to be a founder at, you know, 18 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old, and I used to be like that too, obviously. But I'm kind of thinking of what can I do now that's going to help me later, you know, yeah. um, and being able to work with, you know, the WICO team or Miller Light team and stuff. I feel like that's uh, a really good learning path to. So when I'm ready to, you know, create my own startup and uh, stuff, I kind of see how things were ran um, and then, you know, be able to use that there. Um, but yeah, I would say just start posting a lot more content, um, side projects, stuff to really just help out the community. I want to be able to, um, I've been thinking about ways to help people who are, who are in my situation, um, you know, who don't have that education or who don't have uh, accolades or any experience trying to break in to this uh, tech scene and stuff. Um, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm lucky, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to help other people um, get to that, that yeah. uh, position and stuff too. So, Yeah, I think that's great. I look forward to that. I, there's a lot of opportunity to build upon that and uh, 
yeah, you and I should talk offline because I have a lot of ideas too. And sure, how to help and, and give back. Awesome. Well, where can people get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter. Mostly that's where I'm at, at uh, twitter.com slash the one Diego Diaz. Um, the, and then number one, and then Diego Diaz. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Well, I will uh, be sure to link that in the show notes as well as the blog post so that everybody can read about the, the full write-up with uh, the cold email that landed you the gig. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was great to have you. Awesome. Thank you. You know, it was my first podcast, so I really appreciate it that you, uh, you know, even thought about having me as a guest. Absolutely. So you so You're welcome. I'm sure there'll be many more to come. And that wraps up this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for joining me. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review. I really appreciate all of your feedback. If you want to follow along with me in between the show and hear what I'm up to and what guests are coming on next, you can find me on Twitter at Sarah No Socks and all of the other information to help support the show. Reach out to me if you need any no-code help, business advice, or just want to chat. You can get me at my website at sarahnosocks.com. Check out the podcast page, talkswithsarahnosocks.webflow.io, and let me know who I should be chatting with. Until next time, bye.